AJ and McCall dropped the mic on what else? Christmas. Well, yeah. Merry Christmas. This one, very simple podcast. It's just what Christmas means to us. We've been talking about it a lot. We get pretty personal on this. We've talked about our family and in no short regards and on air and mm-hmm. on podcast. And so very simply put the question, what does Christmas mean to you? Now, I have I have this timeline. I thought about this, obviously, coming to this podcast. I have a timeline for me and what Christmas meant to me. And I have about four or five stages for it. Really? Yes. It's very impressive. I don't think mine's that deep. I think I, I, you say that, but once I get through mine, I think you'll find that it's not as, as crazy as you think. I think a lot of people will be able to relate to my timeline of what Christmas means to me. I'm I'm going to say that I tend to do that pretty frequently. You say something and I'm like, you're crazy. And then you start talking. I'm like, no, oh, actually, it makes sense. It's the basis of the debate today. But for real. No. <laughs> hey, now. Yes, because when we ask people to summarize how do an impression of us, that's what they said. Usually I have a very well thought out argument. And you're just like, eh, I'm going to call stuff. And then that's the, that's your argument. It's one or the other. <laughs> Yahoo again. So, so let me just start. And I think you'll see right at the beginning you're right on board. Because the first one to me, so as a kid, I, I have a hard time believing we're not all in about the same minds. It's about the presence. Right. You, it's an incentive that parents use to make you behave. My parents were very good with the threats of taking things away, not so much good on delivering them. Mm-hmm. I like to think I turned out to be a pretty well-behaved kid, though, anyway. But it, it's about the presence. You think about it all year. Because my argument, you know, school's not a big thing. You're elementary school. You don't do anything. It's fun. It's how you meet people. Mm-hmm. It's all about the presence for Christmas. Maybe outdoor activities, if you like snow, depending on where you live. It's all about the presents. You, you have things you ask for. You you get the Christmas Day. You wake up. You have that stuff. You play with it until you go back to school, and then you have that stuff. And then, if, like most kids, I think most of us have a, a certain batch of presents every year that we wanted, and then they have very short shelf life, and then they're not played with ever again. Right. So to me, what Christmas meant to me as, as a kid, and I'm talking like kid through fifth grade-ish, that, that ballpark, toys. It's toys, the gifts. Candy, gifts, toys. That is what it was about, I think, for me for Christmas. Now, I've always, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm kind of a materialistic person when it comes to toys, when it comes to things, Mm -hmm. when it comes to grown-up toys like iPhones and shoesies and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I've got a couple of different stories from growing up that kind of summarize Christmas to me, and it's kind of been... Christmas. Now, these are personal stories. These are ones that I have personally gone through. And so I want to preface before I even like start talking about it. I do not by any means. I'm not trying to toot 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 my own horn and, you know, say, look, look how good of a kid I was. Look how good of a person I was because I'm, I've never been that kind of a person. Mm-hmm. But I've got a couple examples of kind of what Christmas meant to me. So growing up, We always used to go to my mom's family's Christmas party, and it was like a big extended family. My mom's the youngest of, like, the youngest. So her mom is the youngest, and then my mom is the youngest of her. So a lot of her older cousins and family would all get together, and they'd do this big family get-together. So there would be 70 to 100 people at these big Christmas parties. We'd run out like a big clubhouse in Salt Lake and we'd go down there and spend time. And coming home one day, we ended up stopping at Temple Square and went and looked at the lights and everything. And they're beautiful, gorgeous. If you 
have you had your chance to go look at them yet? Not yet. You'll have to go check them out. They're beautiful. Um, they're going to be on until New Year's, I think. But anyway, we were walking around, and one year we had gotten these really nice scarves that were embroidered scarves that said our names on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, mine was purple, and my dad's was like this black scarf. And, you know, all of us had these different colors. And walking around, I was so proud of this scarf that I had. Walking around the lights at Temple Square, if you've ever been to Temple Square, you know there's always there's always uh, homeless people that are sitting out panhandling, asking for money, asking for things. And I just remember walking, and there was a guy out there that was panhandling, and he had a sign, and he just said, uh, homeless, anything helps, God bless. And... I remember walking and I was so upset that I made my dad turn back around and we went back and I gave the guy my scarf. I've never, I don't look at me like that. I'm going to cry. Um, but it's something that's always been, that's always the way that I've looked at Christmas because I, I, I was probably six. I mean, six or seven years old. I couldn't have been older than six or seven years old. So I gave him my scarf and I gave him, I had some uh, candies that I had gotten at the Christmas party and I gave him the candies and I just, I felt so bad (laughs) and I can't even like express it. So I'm sorry to cry, but it's always been something that just kind of stuck with me because that's, that's where Christmas uh, kind of originated for me was when I was six or seven years old because it was, it's always just been something that's really special to me. And um, I don't think I've ever told that story to anybody just as a heads up. It's a beautiful story. Thank you. Um, <laughs> now I'm crying. Um, but that's where Christmas originated for me because I've never really looked at it as much more than that because I, I feel like I can never give back enough when it comes to Christmas, um, at least not to the extent that I did when I was, you know, six or seven, because that's literally all I had. Um, but I don't know. That's that's my stance on Christmas, at least. It, it took me a while to learn to learn that meaning for me, because for me it was all about the presents. Like I can remember getting, I we got this little bounce. It was it was a bounce castle, but it was a tiny one. We got this mm-hmm. little bounce castle, and I remember getting it. And we blew it up, and then I would I slept in it for like the next handful of days. Yeah. And I remember getting like the Sega Genesis and playing with my brother and my dad, and like we beat try and beat the games. But I think Christmas for me, because like one of the deep conversations I've had with my dad is about how the divorce of him and my mom affected my brother and I differently. And you can mm-hmm. and it explains our personality differences. And and the big one is that with me. Because they got divorced when I was like six, uh-huh. I took on the responsibility of kind of taking care of my brother once I got a little bit older. And so what my dad noticed is that it seemed like some of my childhood enjoyment got had just been taken because I had grown up a little bit. And so it explains like my brother kind of progressed more naturally through it. And so that's why he's able to be more focused now because he just he got through it all. But for me, it's why... My dad thinks that I'm so happy-go-lucky is because it was gone before, and so it's something that I gravitated back to when I could, when I had right. the choice to. And so I, that's what Christmas, I think, was to me because my my parents still, like to this day, my mom and dad do not like each other. Like right. it, was an, it was a headache. As a best man for my brother's wedding, 
My parents got divorced, I think, when I was six. I'm 28. My brother got married this past August, and I went home as the best man and helped set up the wedding. It was a headache planning seating charts and everything else because they couldn't be together, just to paint the picture for you. So that's why I think, especially as a kid, it was about presents because it was a sense of an enjoyment and otherwise right. embattled and just bad divorce. It's bitter and ugly for a really long time. And that makes sense. And so that's why I think that it was that for me. And then the next phase, I think, would come about middle school, heading into high school. It's still about presence, but I think about then you start to enjoy the fact that you get time off. Yeah. Which that that one's not going away. Present, everyone enjoys presence. They become less important, I think, as you get older, which I'll get back to. But I think about middle school, high school, when you know school starts to get a little bit more challenging, I think it's when you start to appreciate the time off and and enjoy the fact that you get a break. You know, Christmas break is amazing. Mm-hmm. Fall semester is the best semester for school because all the vacation breaks are there. Because you're literally off all the time. They're spaced out so nicely. It's the best. So that I think that's the second phase. Somewhere between 7th and 8th grade and high school. Well, I'd say it's about 7th and 8th grade is when it starts. You start to appreciate. You're still pumped about presents, but you're just, you're just happy to get out of school for a break. You're happy to get that time off because that's when I think the reason why is start to enjoy vacations more. Because you appreciate them, you get to go do stuff. You start to be able to be more cognizant of it, and so that was always great. There's still, you know, for me, the divorce thing is still a factor. But I'm, I'm lucky enough. My brother and I talked about this the other day because he he went on a cruise for Christmas, and so I was talking to him about it. And there's all these crazy stats out there, that are just mind-boggling me because I'm I'm living in my third state, and there's stats out there that's like the average person visits nine states in a lifetime. The average person meets the person they're going to marry before they turn 21. Uh-huh. The average person grows up, ends up living their whole lives within 60 miles of their hometown. Stuff like that, which is to me mind-boggling because I was like, not everything is for everyone, but I thought there was, I was like, see things, explore, Get right? Out, right. And so my brother and I were talking about that, and that's one of the things I talk about taking the time off that we are very appreciative of because my brother and I, with my dad, took a trip to the East Coast with our moms we've been to hawaii and we've been to the caribbean uh with our dads we've been to canada with our mom we've been to california and mexico so and you know it's continued so we've been visited so many places even before we actually had the ability to travel just by ourselves like into adulthood when you, you get into college and get your job and stuff and so that's why i think that's that transition that i attach the second phase you start enjoying those trips i mean in, in seventh grade that's about the age i think that it transitions from presence to the time off as when we took our East Coast trip. We went to Washington, D.C. and Gettysburg and Virginia. And so time off, I think, is the second phase of what Christmas means to me. I like time off. Yeah. Who doesn't? I that mean, one, that I mean, one gets seriously. more present. Presence starts to go downhill. Time off just keeps climbing. And the older you get, I think, the more you appreciate it. Right. I would, I would agree with you. I keep thinking about it. Like, this whole last week, I've thought literally every day is Friday – which sucks because it hasn't been. So it's been like, oh, hey, it's Friday. No, wait, it's Tuesday. <laughs> yes, 100%. No. It was, it's a long week. That's the second phase. And then I think the third phase is when you start to, I think, appreciate what gift giving means. Right. Now, so into college, I think, talking about high school, I think a little bit. You start talking about relationships your friends, the onus starts to transition a little bit from, like in my family, there was always a present from me to all my siblings, 
But up until about I got to college, it was never actually from me. It was just something my mom did. Right. And so I think you start to, I think, appreciate what your parents did for you, but then also start to appreciate what it means to get a gift from, well, everyone, but even outside of family, because that's what it was for me. This is the first year that my friends and I didn't give presents uh-huh. because they're adults and they're I'm an adult too, supposedly, but they're adults and they have kids and houses. And so it's cool. It's kind of an unspoken agreement we all came to. But I think you start to appreciate what it means to give a gift and then know people you want to give gifts, whether it's your friend, your significant other. It starts to take on Christmas, I think, starts to transition and gift giving in general actually starts to transition from getting to what am I get going to get to what should I get this person who's special to me? Right. And that's what I think would be the third phase. And I'd say about end of high school into college, I think, is when that one would click. Speaking from personal experience, but I think in general, I think we, I think I'm taking everybody on board a, a general timeline that would apply to most of us. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably true. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think when when that one clicked for me because I know that when I was in high school, when I had a boyfriend in high school, that really was a was a big one for me. Uh, I remember being in like elementary school and my grandma took me to like the dollar store to go get presents for all of my friends. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was cool for me. I went through, I'm like trying to think of my phases, my stages. Right. Cause I went through different phases. Cause I mean, there was the story obviously that I just told that was like my first phase, my first stage and then I went out of it for a little bit and I got to a point where I just wanted the presents and I wanted the the stuff and, you know, everybody, everybody does. Yeah. And so um, that was probably from the time I was, I don't know, eight or nine and went from the time that I was eight or nine until I was probably 15-ish mm-hmm. and then kind of transitioned from there to uh, giving more back to that giving stage that you're talking about. Like, what do I get them? What do I get them? And, you know, that's kind of the position that I'm, I mean, I'm kind of at now because I look at presents for Dustin and I just get really excited to get him presents because it's like, oh, I'm going to surprise him and he's going to be so excited, you know? And just like the joy that comes from the other person getting a present is kind of cool. Yeah. I just think of it, friends especially, but think of it in terms of relationships because then it, to me, the transition was you get into college and you start seriously dating. And no offense if you're dating your high school sweetheart, just on average, it's not the case. Right. And then you start, you stop thinking about, I wonder what I'm going to get or what I want to get. And I know that's about the time when the question was, what do you want for Christmas? And that's how I, I, I sort of figured out this phase. I get the question, what do you want for Christmas? And since about high school, the question was, I don't know. And then you have to think about it. Right. But then you're like, what am I going to get this person? And you've been thinking about it all along. And that's why I think that's a phase. And and the rest of these phases, I think, are a little bit muddled because I think they're just dependent on personal experience. They're not necessarily in order anymore. Mm -hmm. So if the last phase, phase three, as it were, was when gift-giving becomes more about what you're getting to the person, the next one to me was Christmas was about going back home and seeing family because I stayed home for college and then I left after college when I got the job in New Mexico and now I'm here. So then... It was sort of that. It's it's sort of back a little bit to the the time off, but then it starts becoming because naturally, you know, we take for granted. I think so. 
in high school and college, everybody's there, and you can see them without really trying. Especially, I didn't leave town, so it was really easy for me to see anybody. My friends all went to the same college. My family was still in my – I was in my hometown. So you take for granted how easy it is to still see everyone. Right. Well, then, you know, this person moves. This person buys a house. This person has a kid. And then life, hap- you know, life happens, and so people space out or get busy with whatever. Serious relationships happen. And you start to spread apart. So then the holidays became that time when, okay, well, let's put everything aside. You know, we all have our lives, but this short period of time is when we can come home and, hey, how you been? I missed you. You know, that's what it became about, seeing everyone again. Yeah, more of the, like, reminiscing, more of the fellowshipping, if you will, of your friends and family and... Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of my friends and family still live back in my hometown, but, you know, like I said, I have a friend who has a house and a kid, I have another friend who has a house, another friend right. who's trying to start his career and moved somewhere completely else in the country, and so you just, even in this world where we have instant messaging and text message and everybody's technically at your fingertips, we just, everybody gets preoccupied, everybody gets busy, you get wrapped up in your own lives, it happens, and so... You know that's what Christmas has become about, especially and that this one hasn't disappeared. I'm not, I haven't been home for the holidays mm-hmm. this year, but you know it's your chance to when everyone realizes, okay, you know, two days from now we go back to our normal lives and it's going to be busy again. But this is a special time of year where we got to take the time to see people. We're going to make the extra effort to see this friend and that family member and this family member. That's that was that was the fourth phase for me. Well, and not only that, I mean, I think that there's something, there's nothing like genuinely talking to somebody. There's nothing like having a genuine conversation with somebody that you care about. There's nothing like spending that time with with somebody because time speaks so much more louder than words, louder than presence, louder than anything along those lines. At, at least in my own personal opinion. Well, yeah, and there's just, I mean, I, my friends, my three friends and I have a real tight group and we're always going to mm-hmm. be close regardless of how little we talk. But I mean, as you can attest, it's, I think, what you search for in relationships too. There's just... A different when you're in the room, there's electricity. You like pick up like nothing happened. Doesn't right. matter how long I've been gone. You're in a room and you're back to your. It's just like you were in high school again. You got the same. You're laughing and telling jokes, and it's like you never missed a beat. That's what I mean. Like it's not like you know jealous or anything at the time they spend. It, it happens. It's life. They Absolutely. had a kid. They bought a house. They're busy. I got it. We all have careers now, right? And so we're committed. So that was that was phase four, which hit home just because you know. Up until, when did I leave home? 2015, so the year I turned 26. I f- I'd been home till then. I went to school for an extended period of time at home. Mm-hmm. I worked a job, and I got a full-time job, so I was at home a little longer. And then I finally I took a job, and I was like, all right, I want to go somewhere else. I've been home all my life to this point. I need to see the rest of the world and see if I can do it on my own. And so that's when that, that phase kind of clicked and became phase four for what Christmas means to me. It was That was the time to be home and see friends and see family. Mm-hmm. Now, the la- I got five phases. So the last phase, McCall kind of spoiled it with her first I'm phase. I'm sorry. But it's become a little bit more clear. And to preface it, so our videographer, Dominic, and I have had some really great conversations because I had some issues with my family this year for Christmas when mm-hmm. it comes to presents. And he made a really good point. He talks about how once you, you start working – Christmas itself, in terms of the gift giving, kind of becomes irrelevant because you become an adult, you make a salary. So really, anything we want, you just get we'll it. Just get right. So asking for, and that's where the whole issue is, my family. But the fifth phase to me, and it's, I think it's especially because I work in radio, and so you know, it's we get to take part in these great promotions. We try to help people. We just did Cares for Christmas here at uh, Cash Alley Media Group. It went really well. Our front office was packed with stuff. People donated. 
last year I had a memory that just popped up on my Facebook feed from when I was in New Mexico. We did the teddy bear toss at a basketball game, Mm -hmm. which is always cool. But I think the fifth phase is then for me, and I don't again the timeline's a little muddled, so I don't know. Some people probably got to this earlier, is giving back and not so like not gift giving in terms of what am I gonna get people like friends and family. I mean, giving back in terms of what am I going to do for strangers who need it. Right. And that, for me, especially last year being unemployed and still, you know, having a pretty good life. I have great friends and family that helped me out. Kind of struck it all, put it all back together. So when we came here, you know, uh, I did the Dancing with the Stars when I first got hired. because like, it's a great thing, whatever. I'm going to be embarrassed, but it's a great cause. And we've done a couple things with Intermountain. Uh, McCall's been on a couple of them too. I've been doing them throughout the year, but we had the you and I went to the one where they did the the lunch and the donation went to Intermountain Childcare up at uh, Primary Children's. Yeah, that. Sorry, Inter- as Intermountain Hospital. I think it's Primary Children's Care. Sorry. Yeah, we did the the lunch thing. So I've been doing stuff with that. We did for a Feel Good Tuesday. We took part in Facebook's Day of Giving. So it just becomes I think more important. You start to. I have a really great life. There's not really anything I need. I should give back. This should be my time to help right. out. I'm not saying that it's, it's the only time you should help out, but you just I think think of it more during Christmas. Right. Well, absolutely, because it's kind of at the top of your top of your mind, the top of your uh, thought process, pretty well always uh, when it comes to Christmas, because it's something that everybody tends to be uh, needing. Yeah, and it's just it's one of those things again when we go back to our jobs and not to brag, but it's just one of those things where it's kind of put at the forefront because. I've I've been asked several times, you know, about radio and what mm-hmm. I like about radio and why do I work in radio. And I was raised by a couple of old school DJs when I first got started. And to me, radio is about two things. It's about serving the public and informing slash entertaining the public. Right. That's why radio was created. And I think that's what it generally still exists. We're here to inform you and entertain you of anything and everything. And we're here to use our platform, not that we're celebrities, no. we're here to use our platform to benefit the community and people and our state and et cetera. And so whenever I get asked, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to volunteer? Of course I do. Because I'm not, again, we're not, I don't think we're celebrities by any means, but no. we have a platform with access to a larger number of people than most people do. So if it's a great cause and I have a chance, I'm 100% going to be on board because Absolutely. it's me using my platform in a good way. And that's what I want to do. Right. And I, I'm with you on that uh, stance, for sure. Um, more stories, because I have more stories. I don't know if you're ready for stories unless you want to go into your, uh, that was your, those were your five. My five phases. Okay. Um, I haven't thought through it as meticulously as AJ has, because I feel like he did a really good job of being very scientific with it all, and I'm not like that. No. I'm, I'm not scientific at all. I'm like, hey, what's going on over there? Wing it? Cool, we're doing it. So um, one of the other things that Christmas means to me, and again, I'm going to get tender because Christmas is a very special time for me. Christmas is a very, it's a very magical time. It's a very special time. Um, and... Growing up, Christmas was always a really special time. So I'm the oldest of four, and I've got a little sister. Her name is Sadie, and she is two years younger than I am. And then I've got a little brother named Noah, who is five years younger. Yeah, five years younger than I am. So Noah, when I was I was five, um, Noah was born. 
And he was diagnosed with something called craniosynostosis. Mm -hmm. So half of your skull fuses, basically, and your brain is still growing, but your skull doesn't grow because it's already fused. Mm -hmm. So they had to go in and reconstruct his skull when he was 10 months old. So at 10 months old, um, I don't know the full statistics, but basically my brother was born in November. No, October. I'm sorry. My dad was born in November. My brother was born in uh, November. So at 10 months old would have been what? August? August. So they do this surgery and basically my mom was at a point, she was she was in a really good career, really good job. And the job basically told her, look, you can choose your kid or you can choose work. And my mom, without any sort of hesitation, walked out and chose to make sure to be with the family well obviously that puts financial burden right. on on the family and everything um i remember we had we'd watched the polar express when i was in in school and upon watching the polar express they gave us these magical oats that you can sprinkle out and leave for the reindeer right i went out i sprinkled these magical oats i left them for the reindeer and i was like santa's gonna come and he's gonna leave a bunch of stuff Right. Right. Get me a little bit petty and I want presents. I woke up the next morning and our living room was full of presents. Just stacked full. And I was like, oh, sweet, Santa came. Yay. You know, not thinking about it until I was 15 years old or something like that when my mom and I had talked about it. And she. Uh, told me the story of what happened and how Santa had come to our house and come and like knocked on the door and said, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to help you out this Christmas and hook you up so that your kids can have a a successful Christmas, have a, have a big Christmas and, you know, get it all taken care of. I know that you're strapped for cash and you can't buy your kids any presents or anything along those lines. And, you know, that's kind of what the community acted as Santa for us. And that's what it's all, that's what it's been about. That's, I think that's where it kind of reigned in for me when I told you that I, from eight until 15 or so, I spent time just wanting presents again, you know, and that was my thing. And that my mom told me that story and I think that's where it probably registered and it was like, no, this is not, that's not what Christmas is about. Right. So my goal as an adult was to be able to hustle and work money so that one day I uh, can have the ability to be able to give back, to have the ability to, whether it's somebody in the community, whether it's somebody from a different country, you know, uh, one of the groups that I was actually a part of last year when we went to Guatemala, the kids that were a part of that group, bless their hearts, they had heard that the kids weren't going to get a Christmas in Guatemala that they didn't know what Christmas was, mm-hmm. that Santa didn't ever come to their houses. So they sent them presents, and they saved their allowances. Now, these, mind you, these kids are 8 to 15 years old. Right. And they saved their money, and they saved their allowances, and they sent them a whole bunch of presents and got them all taken care of for Christmas. And, you know, that's that's been the goal for me is to be able to do something along those lines, to be able to take care of other people, Um. And that's what I would probably say that Christmas has changed into for me. 
I thought of uh, another phase where we're talking about that that I think has become much more clear to us now, though. <laughs> I'm going to thank my parents ahead of time because I think it will sound like, duh, you should have thought of this, especially since McCall and I are both the oldest of four. But I think that the 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 last phase that I would think of, the, or not even a phase, I think just something that you can add to the giving back and we've experienced, especially this year with some of the phone calls, is the keeping the excitement and the imagination right. and the wonderment going because some of the best phone calls we've gotten are from little kids who just want to participate because we're talking about Christmas. And it's not just ours either. We have several, we've had several people that comment, Xander's, Sanders, one of them, and there's people that comment that just love his phone calls because he's so sincere about it. He's and, so cute. And it's so adorable. And it's, he just wants to, because we're talking, like, I don't think that our, our show is like super intellectually challenged, but you know, we talk about dating and stuff, and he's a little kid, and here's Christian. I can talk about this, and it's just, it's amazing. And so, I don't know if I want to call that a phase. Just call it an overarching goal is to keep yeah. the imagination and the wonderment going. Because it honestly, if you've ever kept that goal for someone, you can't beat it. it, it those phone calls, Xander's become a regular f- a caller on our show all of a sudden, and it, it's adorable every time. It's so cute. We talked about him today, and we said something. We talked about him a couple of days ago, because someone said, we just want to hear from Xander again. And so he called yesterday, and he said, we said, hey, who is this? And he's like, it's your favorite caller. And it was so stinking cute, because it's like, but you are, you know? it. It's amazing to see... The magic of it. Well, it's just because he, he's so sincere. And I think that's what it is, too. Like, I think that, you know, not not to brag or anything, but I think we're generally funny. And I think if you're if you're Xander and I, maybe we can ask him sometime. He, he gets it. I think we say funny stuff. But yeah. then we talk about Christmas, and he that's right up his head. I know Christmas. You know, Santa, wrapping presents, Christmas trees. I got this. I understand this. Right. And he was just so excited the first time he called, and it was, it was awesome. And and he's not the only one. Cameron has called. Uh, we've had several kids that have called, and it's it's awesome. It's super worth it to talk about Christmas just to have the kids call in and and be so front about their about their opinion on whatever we're talking about that day. Well, when we say things like, "What do you want us to ask Santa?" because we're going to call Santa. And that then we called awesome. Santa, and all of the kids were calling in saying, oh, ask him about what Mrs. Claus's name is. Oh, ask him how you grow your beard. Oh, you know, just stuff like that. It's just, it's so cool to see the sincerity and the genuineness from just just the mouth of babes, you know? like Yeah, well, even still, it's also cool from that standpoint especially on the when we did the Santa Claus phone call we called him up we got we we're lucky enough to get to ask him a couple of questions that everyone got it and so you have people you know your kids are super excited about it and we're pumped about it but then you have people too that are like oh yeah and you just have everyone wanting to you know keep the magic and and like right. it's it's awesome it was a really cool event we got so many compliments on on doing that because every, it's you know everyone loved it and we loved it it's one of my favorite things I've ever done on radio and I hope to have a very long career, but I've been doing this terribly long. But I've been doing it a handful of years, and it's it's arguably one of the best things I've ever done on radio. It was so much fun. I would agree with you on that, and I'm gonna say honestly that this Christmas in particular, being in the position that we are in, being in radio, being able to see cares for Christmas come together, being able to talk to Santa, being able to talk to the kids about Santa, has probably been one of the most rewarding Christmases. Absolutely. For me. Really has, and it's just, it's inspired, I think, to speak for both of us, I think it's inspired us to want to do more. Right. Because that's, 
we we talk about our show I think fairly often whether it's on on air it's in these podcasts with people and it's it's really clicked I think for both of us because it was something I don't think we got until we got here and have been put together and figured it out how how much we really are listened to and how much we really inspire or affect or touch people because like I've I've worked places before where it's measured and so you can put a tangible number on it and it, you get it but then it's not as it's not as impactful as when you know people stop us randomly wherever I've been stopped in a grocery store my car right. gets stopped at restaurants or at a gas station and hey I listened to you heck we were at our Christmas party and one of the servers, we made a comment about our show being the best thing that happened in our company this year. And one of the servers was like, oh, you guys are AJ. Oh, that's awesome. Like, it, that's that's way more impactful than showing me numbers about it. And right. so I think that just crystallized it even more. You, we get that leading into this holiday season. And we've gotten to do some really great things, calling Santa, taking part in, in charity events and stuff. And you're like, this is awesome. This is one of the things that radio is about impacting people and doing good Mm -hmm. and i love it can't get enough of it i i would agree with you like fifteen thousand times over because it's just been it's been such a good experience it's been such a good year it's been such a great opportunity especially with the holiday season especially because in general you know we're told we're entertaining which we try to be and thank you but you know, during this season, I think it counts for more. There's people, you know, people are out of school, family members are starting to come together, and, and oh, I love listening to you guys. Well, that, thank you, because we, we're doing it for you. It's like the best Christmas present ever. Right? It feels so good. Like when everyone shared the pictures of their pets for McCall. I, oh my gosh, I was crying. Like, so you much. can ask AJ, so I was crying. crying over it. It was so sweet. I love animals. So, See, it does, I mean, that's the podcast is on what Christmas means to us, but I guess it sort of turned into a thank, thank you, which is appropriate because we're at this point a week out basically from the start of a new year, like nine days. So, yeah, I, th- I think that that's why we talk about giving and stuff. It's, you start to think about it more because stuff like that. And that's, I think, encapsulated in this podcast a little bit because we've, you know, McCall and I have only been together as a morning show just under seven months, which is nothing. Which is nuts. It's not even that much time. And to, to be able to put together the impact we have and we're still just working on getting better and coming up with ideas is, is awesome. It's awesome. So I want to take what we've got from this Christmas and make it a thing constantly. Right. Which is a really good teaser because next week's podcast, and you get to be in on it because you're listening, is going to be on goals and stuff for us and for our show for 2018 i'm really excited about that one it's by gonna the way be a good one i've don't worry i'll be more meticulous with that one i'll actually write out <laughs> what i want to talk McCall, about if it wasn't off the cuff oh my gosh i could write it all out and it would still be off the cuff i'd be like oh wait i forgot i needed to talk about this uh, this is in aj mccaw dropped the mic on what christmas has, means to us has meant to us Wish you a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, and stay safe, stay warm, and thank you again to all those that have taken part in any form of donations, any form of communication with us at all. It's been amazing.